Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. The book of Acts is supercharged with the power of God. We've seen the power of the Holy Spirit. We've seen the power of prayer. We've seen the power in the name of Jesus Christ. But today, I want you to see in Acts 16, gospel power. Look at the power that the Lord demonstrates to change a life, to change a family, to change a town when the gospel message is simply given. You know, I think sometimes we're trying to figure out how to make a difference, and we have all of the, all of the gospel dynamite right in our hands. It is the message of the gospel that people desperately need. Now, the setting, of course, is midnight in a jail, Paul and Silas praying and singing praises, and verse 26 says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? to be saved. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. You know what they gave him? They gave him the gospel. This was a man who was on the verge of taking his own life. What a picture of the world we're living in. The most drugged generation in the history of the world, depression at an all-time high. Suicide rates have skyrocketed among all age groups. Why is that? Because people are so full of despair, they think there's nothing to live for. They think there's no hope for the future. You know, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, said that a living dog is better than a dead lion. Now let that sink in. A living dog, better than a dead lion. What he means is, uh, you may feel as low as a dog. You're not the, the lion, perhaps you wish you were, but you're alive, aren't you? You're breathing, aren't you? As long as there's life, there's hope. And might I just say this, suicide is never the answer. To take your life doesn't fix your problem. In fact, it simply accentuates many more problems. Sin brings people to death. That's what the devil wants, to destroy and consume and devour every life. I'll remind you what Jesus said. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And that's why it's so powerful that Paul would cry out and say, don't hurt yourself. Remember what that man had just done? He had hurt them. He had beat them. He had only beaten them. He had put them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. He had harmed them. But Paul, full of the love of God, says, don't hurt yourself. No, no, we're, we're here to help, not to hurt. And the man comes in and can't believe his eyes. How many of you know not only was the earthquake a miracle, but if an earthquake opened all the prison doors at the local jail, 
you know it's a miracle when all the prisoners stay in their cell. God kept all of them in. He didn't need the prison doors to keep them there. Now, what he was doing was demonstrating his own power. And the miracle then led to the message because now the man knew something to this. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Can I tell you what a world needs at this dark hour? And we'll tell you what people need, whether they realize it or not, who are hurting and searching and hopeless and dying. They need the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, this man's life was on the line. He was entrusted with these prisoners. If he lost them, he would be killed by the authorities. And so he thought, well, better just end it all. That's a lie of the devil, my friend. If you're alive right now, stop listening to one who is a liar and the father of lies, and instead listen to the one who is himself the truth. Listen to the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Do you realize it's the power of the gospel in every interaction in Philippi? In Lydia's story, it was the power of the gospel over religious ritual. She was a religious woman. She was a worshiper. She was at the place of prayer. She was going through the motions and mechanics of her faith, but she needed Jesus. Friend, that's the great thing about the gospel. It breaks through just the ritual and routine of religion. It brings not form but substance, not just the externals. It brings something to the soul. That's gospel power. Then, how about the demon-possessed girl? You remember the little damsel? Uh, That's gospel power over satanic opposition. Is the devil strong? Yes, but Christ is stronger. Uh, Does hell fight? Yes, but heaven's work is being done here on earth. How? Through the preaching of the gospel. So, it's gospel power in Lydia's life. It's gospel power in the demon-possessed girl's life. Now, it's gospel power in the Philippian jailer's life. And what is this? This is power over worldly ideas. This was a Roman man who was steeped in Roman ideology and philosophy. He worked for the government. That was his job. This is a worldly-minded man, and we're living in Rome right now. Welcome to Rome. We're living in a, in a culture, and a context where people are so thoroughly secular. But I'm going to tell you what will break through that. It will break through the religious ritual. It will break through satanic opposition, and it will break through worldly ideas. Only one thing can do that and it is gospel power. The gospel is what brings lost people to faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel is what gave Paul and Silas their boldness. See, the gospel works in us and in them. In fact, when you come to the end of this chapter and they're released from prison, they go straight to the brethren and tell them what happens, and the Bible says the brethren get comforted. I love this. So the gospel not only works to save lost people, and give fresh courage to Christian witnesses, it also works to give comfort to the church. The gospel is the good news for everybody that hears it. Uh, Lost people need the gospel. Saved people need the gospel. All people need the gospel. So here's what I'd recommend you do. Go back again and rehearse the, the elementary principles, the foundational truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ Ponder its power in your own life. Has it truly changed your heart? Recently, I was in a meeting, and I said something in the course of the message about people having their own personal encounter with God, actually coming to know Him in a personal way, to repent of their sin and put their faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and actually know the Lord in experience, not just in theory. I didn't know it, but there was a woman in the meeting who was lost, 
She didn't respond at the end of the meeting, but she called the pastor later that afternoon, and she said, Pastor, uh, this morning when that man was talking about people having their own encounter with God, I realized that's, that's never happened in my life. I've never really come to that place. She said, but today I've called on the Lord, and he saved me. I want to be baptized now. Well, that's powerful. What is that? That's gospel power. Uh, that's the truth that sets free. And while we're sharing it with others, it will put fresh courage and confidence and comfort in all of us because the gospel changes everything. So by the grace of God today, reacquaint yourself with the gospel and then recommit yourself to sharing it with someone else. There's no power like gospel power. And if you want to see the power of God at work in your city, at work in those you love, at work even in those who hate you or may hate Christ, I say to you, we must get back to simply presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what to say, just take this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before He ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.